Hello and welcome to In the Iowa's brought to you by Horse World Connect. I'm your host, Lola Michelin, and today I am talking with Dr. Heike Young, who is from Designed Animal Healing. She is a veterinarian, a veterinarian chiropractor, an author, and currently a student of homeopathy. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Young. Thank you, Lola. Love being here. Great. So one of the things I wanted to um, tell our listeners about is your book, uh, Even Unicorns Need to Learn How to Fly. I know it's been an inspiration for a lot of poor people. What inspired you to write it, and how did you choose that title? Yes. So um, I guess writing a book had been on my bucket list for a long time. It's just one of those things that, that uh, I've wanted to do, I think, since vet school or maybe even before that. Um, and it's always been put on the back burner until I went through my divorce. And um, because of that, I moved several times, I ended up in Michigan, I mean, in Virginia, from Michigan to Virginia. And um, I had some extra time on my hands. So I thought, oh, you know, it'll be, it will be nice to finally write that book. And so thinking about what kind of book I wanted to write and what I wanted it to mean for people, I looked at my bookshelf and the books that I had. And when I went through my divorce, um, it was really emotionally challenging. And I was up a lot at, you know, early hours of the morning. Um, and I always went to this one book that my mom had sent me. And it was called Out of the Head. And Into the Heart by Franz Müller. And um, it's something, I think he was uh, uh, Dutch. I think he was from Holland, but it's written in English. And it was just short stories that were motiva motivational for me um, in that state, in that stage of my life. And so I kind of based my book on that. I wanted it to be short stories. I wanted it to be motivational. But I also wanted it to um, include horses, and that's that's how I wrote that book. Mm -hmm. um, and then the title, even unicorns need to learn how to fly. I wanted it to be a catchy title. I wanted people to have to think about the title, mm -hmm. and um, I thought you know something with unicorn or Pegasus. But Pegasus has wings, so he knows how to fly, right? And unicorns, we always think that they can do anything. But if you were to put wings on them, could they actually fly? So that's what I thought about, right? So here I am, um, newly divorced. Um, I can do all of the stuff that I wanted to do. I just needed my wings. And so that's how that title came about. I love it. It is very thought-provoking, as, as is the story within it. So I highly recommend it to our listeners. And it is interesting, isn't it, that many times it's our, what we see as our low points in life where we kind of are super productive in other aspects or we accomplish things when we're, when we're feeling downtrodden that we don't on when we're feeling uh, elevated and, and high performance. I think of times when I was in similar situations uh, uh, feeling low. It's usually when I like do the most running and have my personal best times in my running or I do more writing or I, I, I attend to those parts of my life that often get put on the back burner, like you say, when we're feeling 
busy and productive and happy. And so it's kind of the rising from the ashes syndrome, I guess, that, that's nice to know that uh, when we do have to face those challenges in life, it's probably going to be something really wonderful and productive that comes out of it. So thank you for, for writing that book in, in your time. And um, glad also to see that it uh, brought you through that period of time into a much more productive time in your life. Um, speaking of which, as I mentioned in the intro, you wear many hats. I know uh, as a veterinarian and a chiropractor, uh, you're very busy in your practice. You also in the past have been a coach and a business owner. And um, now you've gone back to school to study homeopathy. So I have two questions. Uh, first of all, I'm curious about what inspired you to pursue homeopathy, but also how do you juggle it all? Right. So, um, so I have to back up. So I've always wanted to be a, a vet, a veterinarian, um, since first grade. I've never had any other goals. So that brought me to vet school, got me through vet school. And then probably um, four years out of, out of vet school and private practice, I just um, felt something was missing. Um, of course, I was a small animal vet. I'd always wanted to be um, working with horses. So I thought, well, maybe that's what's missing. Um, so I went back to animal chiropractic school and became an animal chiropractor. And it was mainly for horses. It was probably 90% horses, 10% um, dogs. I don't even think that I saw any cats back then. And um, that was in 1998, so that was a long time ago. And um, I was still a, a vet, a part-time um, regular conventional vet for quite some time, actually until 2013, when I decided that, hey, I just want to do the animal chiropractic full-time. And so that's what I did. Um, but I see a lot of dogs, and I still do, a lot of animals that um, go to conventional vets. And um, a lot of times I feel that the problems that I see in my patients um, are due to over-vaccinating, um, overuse of pharmaceutical drugs, even sometimes overuse of supplements, um, maybe incorrect supplements. Um, also not uh, good enough nutrition. And so, you know, then, then there was this, oh, well, I'll just close my mind to that. I just won't see that. I'm here to help them with their musculoskeletal system. And it just kept, kept nagging at me. And so um, I, I looked into homeopathy. It's something that um, I knew about as a child because um, I grew up in Germany and um, homeopathy was probably uh, better known in Germany than it was here. And um, so some, one thing led to another, and um, I think I was searching on the internet for homeopathy and animals, and I read some stories, and I read some books, and then I decided, hey, this is what I want to do. And um, I contacted schools, I contacted homeopaths, and everybody said that um, homeopathy and chiropractic is an excellent combination, mm -hmm. um, whereas homeopathy and acupuncture actually is not. Uh, for some reason, acupuncture negates homeopathy. Um, so I thought, well, that must be a sign. 
and I got into homeopathy. I, I started with the British Institute of Homeopathy. I got my advanced veterinary homeopathic certification with them. And um, it's just something that I absolutely am fascinated about and I love and I've treated patients and I've seen some um, amazing results. And it, it's not like I'm putting a Band-Aid on their symptoms or their diseases. I'm actually helping the body cure themselves. So whereas conventional drugs, pharmaceuticals, will just put Band-Aids on, with homeopathy, you actually get to the root cause, just like you do with chiropractic, and um, you, you cure the, the patient. So I could talk about it all day long, but I'll stop there. Um, well, actually, I, I do have a follow-up question because I'm sure many of our listeners and, and myself have heard of homeopathy. We've probably used homeopathy uh, either for ourselves or our animals, but maybe don't really have an appreciation of what the science behind it is. Is there kind of a uh, uh, homeopathy for dummies definition that you can give us about uh, the science behind homeopathy? Right. So it's kind of, it's not easy because um, if you think about um, if somebody didn't know what conventional medicine is, right, how would you describe that? Oh, we, we, um, we, we diagnose somebody, we give somebody a name for the disease that they have with, um, you know, blood work and diagnostic tools, and then we treat them with pharmaceutical uh, medication and hope they feel better. Maybe that would be a definition of conventional medicine, right? So if you think about homeopathy that way, homeopathy looks at the symptoms, all of the symptoms of the patient, so not just the headache not just the, um, the cardio, say, heart flutter, right? Not just the skin um, issues, not just the, oh, I have this ringing in my right ear, but everything. And then we look at the environmental influences that influencing that patient. Um, so for instance, you might love to be out on a windy day, whereas I don't want to be outside on a windy day. Uh, you might feel better on a sunny day. I might feel better on a rainy day. So we, we look at that also. And then we look at all of that, and then we go into um, our books. It takes a really long time to um, find the correct remedy for that patient. And we describe a homeopathic remedy um, for the patient. And oftentimes, it will take off the first layer of a disease process, um, and then something else will appear, right? So maybe we just started with um, the horse that has skin issues, and then you get rid of the skin issues, and then all of a sudden, the fact that he's uh, very agitated when he's by himself is more pronounced now, because now we're not so worried about the skin problems, and then there's another homeopathic remedy for that. So um, it's, it's really, really, really involved. And if you do want to read about it, there's a big book called, because you said the, the science of homeopathy, it's actually called The Science of Homeopathy by Professor George Vitalkas. It's spelled V as in Victor, I-T-H-O-U-L-K-A-S. Um, and um, He's the one that I'm 
I'm studying with now. Oh. Um, he, he's, uh, yep, he's out in Greece. He is um, the person that brought, brought homeopathy um, back to us in the 70s. And I really, really, really wanted to um, study with him. He's in his 80s now. And just fascinating. And I'm hoping to go to Greece and actually do some clinicals with him maybe next year if COVID is done and over with or the following year. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I, I hope that that happens. I think that would just be fantastic. And it is so wonderful to learn from people you know who have mastered something to that level and have the wisdom of, and the years practice to uh, impart to us and and I, I just am so inspired by people who embrace those opportunities to study with with people who you know someday will not be with us anymore and will not be able to pass on that knowledge I know I I did um, a little bit of soul searching this year in lieu of the uh, pandemic and everything, how it affected our lives. And I thought, okay, what are, what are the things I absolutely have to do in case I can? And uh, I think that that was um, definitely on my list is to go and, and do some kind of study with some of the people that I have long admired. I think people like Mary Bromley that uh, uh, I got to do a little bit of work with uh, many, many years ago and, and how much I would love to visit her uh, in her uh, area. And, study so congratulations for you take grasping that opportunity i'm sure it's going to be continue to be amazing yeah so, it's so far definitely i also want to uh give our listeners a little bit of insight of how you and i came to know one another we met at a veterinarian conference and um you had just undertaken a new venture called horse world connect uh, so uh now that we have come to a stage where um you've moved on from that venture and I've kind of tried to step into your very large shoes. Uh, when Horse World Connect was in its infancy and you were the creative force behind that, what was your vision for this virtual meeting space that you created for horse people and horse business? Right. So first of all, thank you for taking over Horse World Connect because if it wasn't for you, uh, Horse World Connect would probably not exist anymore because I did have to make that decision do I want to continue with homeopathy and study with Professor Vitalkas, or do I um, want to continue with Horse Road Connect? So thank you for allowing me to take a little um, side trip in my journey. <laughs> I really well, appreciate it. It's a great adventure for me. I'm learning so much, and I'm really looking forward to the future. <laughs> yeah, so um, Horse Road Connect, when um, I originally thought about it, I wanted it to be um, like Google for the horse world. Um, I just think that um, horse people or the horse world in general is divided. There's, you know, Western, there's English writers, there's Western writers, there's, um, well, we all have our breeds that we, we like. Um, there's natural horsemanship, there's massage, there's, you know, fox hunting, there's all of these things, but um, and, and I feel like we're very clicky about what we like. Um, and so the idea was how cool would it be if we could get businesses and people together, united, that's why it's what we'll connect, um, into one platform. Um, so if you, if you look for anything horse related, you would find it there. That was the big 
picture. And uh, originally, originally, we started out with a custom coded website, and um, it became it had too many flaws in it. it. It just didn't flow the way we wanted it to. We didn't have the money to put into it. And so it became smaller. And so it was still and always has been um, a platform to connect horse people with equine businesses. And so um, one of the things that I did uh, for a while was the giveaways for, from the business to the horse people. So it would just be an opportunity for people to go, oh, I, you know, wow, that's a really cool gift. I would love to have that. Oh, I didn't know any that that equine business even existed. And then um, the podcast uh, developed, and there's another opportunity for horse people to just go, oh, wow, I didn't even know that business existed. I like to find out more. And um, equine businesses, well, horse people in general are so very giving and so the information that you gather from all of these podcasts is just invaluable i think um so it's, it's that that's where it is now that's where it is or was when i when you took it over <laughs> and i found you <laughs> and, and you said yes. and slowly making um, some progress forward uh, i have learned so much as you said from talking to different business owners it's showing up in my work and my horsemanship and my relationship, just uh, having these conversations. So it's very exciting to be able to share that with other horse people. And I'm really looking forward to uh, the direction it's headed. So uh, in that vein, I know that you were also at one point offering business coaching, primarily for veterinarians, but also for other horse people. And um, that was a big part of the benefit when I joined Horse World Connect. I thought that that was a tremendous benefit. I'm seeing a, a, an interesting analogy, too, in your discussion of homeopathy and also in knowing you as a coach. I think there was a similarity in your coaching style of taking in a very holistic view of an individual, not just their business, but how they were, you know, wanting to live their life and, and what things were challenging for them and then helping coach them through a layer and then observing if something else came up and started to take more precedent, being able to address that as coaching. So I think your coaching style is probably very similar to your style in terms of um, practicing homeopathy. When you were coaching, what do you think were maybe three of the things that showed up most often that people needed to take a close look at in order to achieve their purpose, whether that purpose was business related or their, you know, activities with their horses or their relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So anytime I was on a coaching call, it was always, what's the picture? Where are we going? Right? I needed to know that. So um, if the person didn't have a goal, didn't have a big picture, that's where we needed to start. I needed to know that. I actually used to write vision reports for people um, where they saw themselves um, in a year from now. So that was a, a huge conversation um, that was part of the coaching. And then once we had that big picture, it's like, okay, how are we going to get there? And uh, people get frustrated because they don't chunk it down into smaller pieces, right? 
And one of the things that I kept hearing myself say over and over again is, okay, you want to swim the English Channel, but we're in the kiddie pool. So while we're in the kiddie pool, right, what can you do now so that you can prepare yourself for swimming the English Channel? And um, I think that that visual helped a lot. And then, you know, when people got frustrated, it was again, okay, you're, you're trying to jump into the English Channel. We're not there yet, right? We're out of the swimming, out of the kiddie swimming pool, and now you're doing your laps. But what else do you have to do to get to be confident to swim in the English Channel? And then a lot of times, right, we, we get to that point where we're just treading water. And that's when people say, oh, you know, think outside of the box. Um, when you feel like you're treading water, you're stuck in mud, there's no forward momentum. Um, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'll, I'll never end up swimming in the channel. You just have to step back and go, okay, what's my next step going to be? And so once you have it all chunked down into smaller puzzle pieces, um, then you want to set yourself a timeline. And I was always very, particular about that <laughs> people i think people got frustrated with me because they're like okay so you know um this is your homework which you set for yourself when are you going to have that done by and they'll be like oh next week okay when next week uh the end of next week okay yeah. what <laughs> what day next week you know friday saturday okay friday what time you know the end of the day the beginning of the day so be really specific about your timeline also set yourself date and time to have that that little puzzle piece finished because otherwise you won't get to move forward and those are the three the big picture the chunking it down and the timeline so always came up in Oh, that's such great advice and uh, believe me I, I hear the timeline one because deadlines are but there's a reason they call them deadlines right because everybody dreads them like they like they dread death it's like oh am i ever going to get it done and, and and there's such a sense of accomplishment when you actually do even if you don't hit your target time but you do kind of use it as a way to get yourself to do the thing and then you feel so good about doing it but uh that is key to discipline and I think yeah and i think it helps you. when you have a coach right yes. because then you have that cheerleader and you have the accountability so you don't push that deadline around because we all do that uh, so you have that accountability and then um, it was always interesting to see how people said okay i got it done and then they were going to the next step already it's like no 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 wait 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 we have to celebrate this right, right? you actually got it done you have like a chunk of the puzzle done so let's just sit on this for a while and celebrate it. And uh, so that I don't love the English that. Channel analogy. I'm going to have to get a big picture of the English Channel to put mm -hmm. somewhere in my office to know, like, okay, you might be in the kiddie pool now, but there's good things ahead. So um, that brings to mind for me my my writing instructor, my writing trainer. She is a you know Grand Prix level international competitor has accomplished so much in her years, is just magnificent with horses. But one of the things I have always admired about her is she's always looking for coaches. Like she's always going back to people that coached her as a kid, to you know people that she comes across. She gets 
coached by, you know, people who are younger than her and maybe haven't accomplished some of the things that she has, but she sees something in them, she'll go up to them, ask them if they'll help her school a horse at a horse show or, you know, help her with a class. And um, she's always bringing in clinicians and other coaches for her riders as well and making sure that they're taking clinics with other people and always looking for coaches. And she has, you know, a life coach and a business coach, but in her riding, coaching is just a, such a strong thing. And I've really always admired that about her and been, been the recipient of that as well. So the three things you talked about, you know, having in the big picture, being able to break things down into short goals, small goals, and then having the discipline to give yourself timelines. You're a horsewoman. How does that show up for you in your horse relationship? Yeah, it's the same way. Um, you know, the big picture, what I want to do, um, how are we going to accomplish that? And um, I actually um, have to sometimes just say, okay, wait, stop. You know, why is this not working? Um, and then it's just a matter of, oh, the puzzle piece wasn't small enough for my horse, for him to understand. And so if I just slow down, make the puzzle piece smaller for him so that he understands it, and then um, the praise afterwards, the right, let's celebrate what we just accomplished, and he's so good about it. <laughs> so when I tell him, you're so smart, you're just the best as well, you're so smart, he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he knows, like, okay, where's the carrot now, mom? <laughs> well, that is great advice as well. And I I kind of knew the answer before I asked the question, and yet um, it is great to hear it. You know, I have a new off-track thoroughbred that I acquired as my retired racehorse project for next year. So hopefully next October we'll be traveling to Kentucky to compete. And, um, and so I've been refreshing that in my mind about, okay, this is my goal. But is this your goal? Like, let's help find out how you, you know, how he is going to contribute to that goal and whether or not he wants to. And also making things, even though he's a, an experienced racehorse, he's a, he's a war horse, so he's 10, go, uh, almost 11. Um, and he's got some clear ideas about what his job is and how he wants to do it. And so it's been really fun to, to kind of go back and say, well, I know you're not a baby, but we're going to approach this. Um, as if it's a new language and we're going to make it really small steps, really easy steps and really fun steps to try and um, help him decide, you know, what direction he wants to go. And, and uh, it is good that we have a timeline, but it's not a hard, hard timeline. If we need to make adjustments, that will happen. So um, it is. And I totally agree with you, right? It doesn't matter the age of the horse. I don't care if he's five or 10 or 20. If they learn something new, it's new for them, right? It doesn't matter. Even if, you know, oh, he's 20 and he's never been on the trailer, that doesn't mean that he should all of a sudden know how to get onto the trailer. So it's nice that you're taking your time and chopping it down and making it fun for him and asking him all sorts of questions. I love that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm in my 50s now. And if I had to take on something new, I think it would be harder in many ways for me to do it at my age now than it might have been when I was younger or 20, you know, if I was going to learn a new language, I'd have to be really patient with myself and I would have to break it down into just tiny, tiny tasks feel, you know, to not get overwhelmed or feel, um, in order to feel accomplished and like I was moving forward, I would have to make it 
smaller than I might have uh, when I was younger. So um, that was a, a good reminder. I thank, thank you for bringing those things up for us. So I know that you're so busy right now with your practice and, and school and all the things that you're doing. But um, how do people get in touch with you if somebody is interested in learning more about the services you offer or talking to you more? Is there a way that they can reach you? Yeah, probably the two easiest ways to reach me is through um, Facebook, of course, Facebook Messenger. That's always easy. Um, just connect with me on Facebook or my website, designanimalhealing.com. Great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today and joining us here on your um, coming back to visit your baby, Horse World Connect. And uh, we'll be looking forward to more from you in the future. I wish you all the best with your schooling. And it's just a pleasure to know you. Thank you so much, Lola. I really appreciate this. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to In the IOAs, brought to you by Horse World Connect. I'm Lola Michelin, and I'll look forward to seeing you in the IOAs.